Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, so without really missing words and taking it for too long, I'm excited to have my people on board fully. And I thank God for life. We thank God because a bunch of people are not lucky to still be here with us. You know, so I thank God for everything. And I look forward to, to sharing this on our Facebook page. Uh, I'm supposed to be running live on a, on a Facebook room. I don't know what's going on. If anybody else is, uh, is connected to me out there, you can just uh, say hi, let me hear you. So thank you everybody for coming along. I'm going to unmute everybody. I hope we are all in some uh, the quiet neighborhood. That's okay. Uh, Gerard, I think uh, you're not really in a very pretty cool area to be able to, to give us. A, you don't have a good signal, but I'll come back to you. So, Ms. Davishna, how are you doing? You want to say hi to your brothers and probably let us know what you do a little bit and then uh, we'll go from there. Hey, uh, King Coco. Can I call you King Coco on the show? Correct, ma'am. That's him. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Uh, my name is Devisha L. Johnson. Uh, most people these days like to call me Ajua by my Ghanaian name. I'm not Ghanaian. I know people want to adopt me as Ghanaian and Nigerian. I'm just going to have to eat some more jollof rice so I can decide what I'm going to do. So I just want to say thank you for letting me on the show. Um, today, I have several companies, namely uh, D.L. Johnson Consulting Agency is a brand management and political consulting firm. So I run political campaigns here in the United States. I'm chief of staff for a black elected official here in Georgia. She um, was the vice chair of the largest black caucus in the country, the Georgia Legislative Black Caucus. I have another company called a Cooperative Executive Management Team. It's a farm service management company. And we work with uh, black farmers all over the world to do uh, international trade and agricultural commodities. And I have a bunch of different events. All of them are surrounding 100% black everything, uh, whether it be business, investment, technology. Uh, the cooperative executive management team is getting ready to do a hemp conference in Ghana in December. So I just spend a lot of my time making sure I have opportunities for my people and providing them information and then um, trying to reach as many people as possible to build a legacy from myself and my children. Whoa, that's a nice definition of an awesome lady. Uh, I, I, I met her and I appreciate the, the mindset she brings to the table at all times. And she's been doing an awesome, wonderful job. Well, welcome, my sister. Uh, I, I want to quickly introduce us to another panelist of mine who is a regular on this show and is some guy that I have so much respect to. Uh, I call him the monetization expert, the digital scientist, uh, one of the very few today that is globally still with us around here and we thank god for his life and thank god for good health uh i'm talking about no other person but uh mr lenny duncan in coco <laughs> yes sir how are you my friend how are you my I'm friend good. i'm good <laughs> yes what's going on good to have you man good to have you man you know, as always i'm always excited to have you around though 
Awesome, yes. awesome. Well, one of the greatest guys that actually made this possible, no provider with this platform, awesome guy, has a show himself. I'm always excited to be on the show. I call him the Galaxy Chief, done a whole lot of trips to Africa, behind some of the biggest events that happened sometime back in Africa and boxing and all that stuff. Uh, very passionate about how we can help Africa to be repositioned and to be able to be where people of African descent when they want to go back to one day. I'm talking about another person from uh, then, um, my Galaxy Chief, Andre. Andre, how you doing, bro? All right, all right. Peace be with you and all of the people that are on the call today. And it's always a pleasure to uh, come on your show and support all of our shows here at T25CL Entertainment. And for those of you who are not familiar with us, please visit our website at www.t25cl.com and see the things that we do here with uh, films and uh, music and our 24-7 music radio station and all the Galaxy Talk shows. And so uh, I just want to welcome and I'm glad to hear from everybody. Happy to be here on your show. Whoa. Guys, the chief, anytime, man. Awesome guy to have in the conversation, too. I appreciate that. And, uh, and I hope Gerard uh, uh, is back. I have Gerard. Hi. Everything's okay, my friend. Everything's good. Glad to be on the show. I'll be back with you, man. So, thank you guys for honoring this today and i appreciate having everybody on the show we're talking about one-on-one -on -one with king coco show a show that is considered to be the handshake across the atlantic and i strongly believe that uh, we must keep this handshake considered stretched out for people of african descent to have a handshake and share ideas and educate each other and highlight those areas that they thought were so different because i don't think we're that different we we all have the same responsibilities, the same liabilities anywhere we go in the world. So uh, it's something that we need to keep pushing because um, nobody's gonna come do it for us. We have to do it for ourselves. And at this point, I know that every other race during this situation is really understanding where the world is going, what is gonna happen next, how can they take advantage of it? So this is why we need to let our people understand that the world is changing. We're approaching a whole new normal which is not going to be the same. The way we do things is going to never be the same again. Opportunities have changed. Whatever we had in mind probably might not be the same anywhere today. But equally, a whole brand new situation are being put up there for people to take advantage of. This is why we all consider to do this show so we can continue to share this knowledge with people who, who may want to make use of it. But we are limited to what we can do because no matter how you want to look at it, even if... Uh, uh, we, we do all we did we can do and our people don't make use of the information don't leverage with it then it's of no use why we're even doing it so i want to encourage everybody to share in this knowledge to be able to contribute positively and also make the best use of what we are discussing here we are not playing nobody's going to come do it for us we're not going to wait for no white guy to come here and talk to us to make it make to for him to make sense to us because apparently we are responsible for what we deal with so we do a part and leave the rest you know davish that tell me about it i know you're doing some awesome wonderful stuff uh in, in in ghana i've been trying a whole lot 
to ensure that uh, what you're doing in Ghana uh, comes up into Nigeria because I still believe that Nigeria, if you have to clarify first, second, third children in, in a family, Nigeria will always be like the first family, first uh, 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 child in that family. So it's very important to have your first child on point so that the rest could have a clear direction on how to follow. I'm aware of the kind of stuff you've been doing. Can you briefly just throw us into what you've been doing? Have you been able to get uh, African Americans to go to Ghana to invest in Ghana, and some have even uh, 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 some have even returned to Ghana? And now we can see that Ghana is a uh, uh, is now because of part of your effort is now the most visited one of the most visited places in the west of Africa. So how has it been so far? What have you been up to, man? Sorry, Divisioner, I was talking to you, man. How has it been, man? Sorry, I had you on mute, uh, but I think I'm going to let you free, baby. I'm sorry about that. Did you hear me, Divisioner? Hello? Hello. Yes, I'm hearing you now. So can you just give us a brief on uh, how has it been, your adventure into Africa? I know you're not new to Africa. You you have kids for, for a Nigerian and one for an Ethiopian. So <laughs> Africa is not new to you. So tell us a little bit what you've been doing, ma'am. So you're right. Africa is not new to me. I have uh, just started traveling, however, at the beginning of last year. In March, I went to Ghana for the first time. <clears throat> and... I realized when going there, being an entrepreneur here in the United States, I realized in going to Ghana, A, it's not anything like what I uh, anticipated. I did a lot of research before I got there because the, the purpose was to get into agribusiness because that's what I really have a passion for. But when I went there, there were so many opportunities and all types of things that we take for granted here, from the food we eat to the cars we drive to the way we get around, the way we converse and talk to people. So on the way back from Ghana, I created the Ghana Investment Tour. It is uh, three times a year where I take African-Americans, up to 10 of them, to Ghana to do investments specifically in small business. I'm a small business owner. You yourself are a small business owner. A lot of us have a hard time in the U.S. Um, getting by or getting um, access to capital, being able to expand our businesses. And from the currency exchange rate in Ghana, the people and the fact that I don't have to struggle being the black person trying to, you know, fight against the competition of other people that don't look like me. Um, I just thought it was a great opportunity. So we've done two tours um, since last March. Uh, we've invested in four different projects. The last investor that went, she stayed, um, not because of COVID-19, just because she didn't want to come back. So COVID-19 kind of helped her establish herself in Ghana. Um, and then I through my political consulting firm here in the U.S. I know a lot of elected officials all over the world, including some in Ghana. So I'm doing some policy work in him uh, in Ghana as well, having some conversations with elected officials, stakeholders, business leaders. We signed an MOU with a company out there um, to get together a five-year strategic plan for hemp education and policy since they just passed legislation in Ghana recently um, last month. So we're working on a hemp conference at the end of this year, just really focusing not just on agriculture, but on black people in general. Uh, the, the West African market in general is very entrepreneurial in spirit. 
and in actuality. So bringing some of that understanding of the marketplace here to the United States to get people intrigued and excited about doing business in Africa and then helping people in Africa expand their businesses is what I've been focused on. Whoa, uh, sister, uh, I want to thank you for your effort and the guts you have to uh, to venture into certain areas where a lot of men are even scared to go. But you know, you've really proven that um, you can get up and walk back to Africa because that's where you come from. That's where you belong. You know, we don't right. need to keep waiting for people to drive us into Africa because we own Africa. Africa, any black man anywhere. I when I look at Nigeria. If anybody on this screen today walks down the street of Nigeria, nobody will know where you come from. Nobody will ever place yeah. it. Even when you open your mouth to say it, because we have some Nigerians that have never left the shores of Nigeria, but can actually sound the way you sound. So I uh, thank you for your effort. You know, so how how can we using this platform to facilitate or support what you're doing? So first, I want to say um, the opportunity for making money right now in COVID-19 is tremendous. Let me just start by saying that. But the only way we as Black people are going to be able to help each other achieve success is by sharing information. So you bringing me on this show was a great help. I want to thank you again for having me. And then also um, using the internet to our advantage. So my branding and marketing firm is at dljohnsonconsulting.com. I would encourage your listeners and your viewers to hit me up on Facebook. I have a show as well. It's about to end at the end of this month called Conversations with My Black People, where I provide information. That's on Mondays and Fridays, so they can tune into that. Anyone can call me. All of my information is public. You can Google Davisha L. Johnson, D-A-V as in Victor, I-S-H-A L. Johnson. And I'm pretty easy to find. And I have it that way specifically so that people anywhere in the world can reach me because all I have is information to give. I have information on agriculture, information on real estate, information on business development, economic development, all types of people. And as you know, King Coco and our networks, we just need to not just share information, but help people along in the process. So if people want to come on the Ghana Investment Tour, they can go to GhanaInvestmentTour.com and sign up. If you don't want to go to Ghana or you have no interest in Ghana, but you have interest in small business or getting a return on your money, there's an opportunity on our website to pay an annual fee to do that. If you need help here in the U.S., you can reach me at 404-957-7864 if you need some marketing, branding, and consulting services. But I want to also say that I need everybody to go sign up for BOMALINK. BOMALINK, B-O-M-A-L-I-N-K, Boma Link is the new, it's kind of like the black version of MySpace in 2020, but it's more like a combination of that and LinkedIn and Facebook, but it's 100% black people. And that's what I try to focus on 100% of the time because in no other race needs our help, frankly, in getting information or getting being successful. But black people need to share as much information as we can. And I'm always available to provide information. So anybody can reach me on Facebook. Instagram, not Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and um, they can email me or go to any of my web pages. Okay, I just have I just have a feedback on the chat forum here. How you have an idea how someone can have a dual citizenship in Ghana 
or Nigeria? I will answer the Nigerian part. Okay. Okay, so I will go ahead, Gerard. Did you hear somebody? No, go ahead. I'm yes. asking you how can someone who is interested in pick up a dual citizenship in a country like Ghana, let me keep Ghana because that's where you know much. Is that something possible? Yes, it's possible to get dual citizenship in Ghana. Um, it's possible to get dual citizenship in a lot of countries. Several ways. One of the ways is you can get your DNA approved that you have some direct lineage to Ghana. You can marry somebody from Ghana, or you can get it. You can go through the citizenship process where you have to live there for a certain amount of time. I think they're changing the legislation. They just gave a hundred and something. African Americans or people of African descent citizenship in Ghana, but I believe it is five to ten years that you have to be there and stable, which is kind of it doesn't really make sense. Or you can get a three-month visa. Um, so if I were you and I wanted to get citizenship in Ghana, I would say go to Ghana. It is a possibility for you to do so. But I would also come have a very strategic plan if you plan on getting citizenship and for what purpose. There's a lot of reasons why you should get citizenship, but then if you're doing certain things like you just want to go there to do business, there's a good opportunity for you to get citizenship for ease of doing business. So you can start your own businesses. So there's a possibility, but I would really get into uh, why you want to have dual citizenship and then what that looks like for you. Whoa, okay, awesome. I know that Nigeria is a dual citizenship country too, but I'm sure with certain level of investment, you can be put through the process of equally having the Nigerian uh, citizenship it, uh, because uh, I thank you for what you're doing. Let me just ask you my, probably one of my last few questions to you tonight. What are the challenges of an African-American that is trying to get back to Africa? What kind of expectation uh, so that he's not going to be too disappointed from coming out of a country like America trying to get back into Africa, what kind of hurdles that would you say, listen, you go expect to expect less of this and more of this so that you won't feel so easily stressed out in the course of trying to reintegrate? That's a good question. Um, I would say there's two challenges. The first is uh, people. So who do you take with you? Um, convincing people that it's a good idea for you to do business or move to the other side of the planet is a very big challenge. Namely, it's going to be people that are closest to you. So a lot of people are going to say, why are you going back there? What? There's nothing there for you. Everything that you could have there, you can do here. So there's a lot of that. Um, the challenging part with that is just to, you know, staying focused on what your belief and what your reasons are. The second um, major challenge is <clears throat> being an American and speaking in Africa is it automatically assumed when they find out you're American that you either have a million dollars or you have access to some tree that grows in your backyard that grows money that you can just pick from. So I think the challenge in doing business in Africa is just to be yourself and not think of it as um, a third world continent, frankly, uh, for most of the places that are there. But when you go to specific countries like Ghana that I can speak from, um, I found it a whole lot easier. There was less, there's more challenges here in the United States being a small business owner 
than there is in Ghana. Starting a business, finding business partners. I think one of the challenging things is universal, is trusting people. So whether you're in Ghana or whether you're in Atlanta, like I am, or whether you're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you have to trust somebody that you don't know with um, sometimes what's very dear to you, which you spend 10, 20 years developing. And I think the trust factor is a big issue just with black people in general, but especially when you go back to Africa, um, there's just a lot of misconceptions and stereotypes that you have to get over as an African-American when you get there and realize how much you've been lied to and for how long you've been lied to. And that's challenging in itself, getting over that. So when I had the Ghana investment tour, uh, Dr. Cabone, who's on YouTube everywhere, came to my investment tour with his wife. And we had a real frank discussion about 10 African-Americans in Ghana sitting around you know, having some drinks and just talking about what does it be like, what does it feel like to be an African-American? And it's hard for us anywhere. It's hard for us in Ghana. It's hard for us here, but it's a whole lot easier to deal with the nonsense of just doing business in general in Africa than it is in the United States. So, you know, I would say in conclusion, uh, if you want to do business in Africa, then go do business in Africa. The money that you spend here on your gas, if you have an SUV like I do, or a, or a big truck or something, could employ two people and start you a business in some parts of Africa. So I would just say, you know, have, stay focused and try to get over the challenge of people telling you not to do it. And then when you get there, just find some people that you trust, utilize your network so that you can get over those beginning challenges that all of us universally have as being small business owners. I know, I know. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, uh, Ms. Johnson. I know that I have somebody here who has very deep experience of going to Africa. He has been there uh, over over 20 times. In fact, cumulatively, that guy for the past 30 years has been going to Africa as if uh, he was designed to be back to Africa. Uh, yeah, I know that he's, he's actually from Aquaibon because he knows some part in Aquaibon better than me, which is my own state. Lenny, what do you think are the challenges that you would discuss with our brothers if they have interest in doing business in Africa. Dr. Len, is Len there? Hello, are you hearing me? Yeah. Am I on mute? No, you're not mute. I can hear you now. Go ahead. So what do you think uh, are the challenges you've had doing business in Africa and how can we walk around that? Well, first of all, let me just thank uh, Sister Davishna there for giving such a, a nice uh, illuminated explanation as to some of the challenges she has had. And, you know, just to, to sort of dovetail off of that, it all depends on the relationship equity you have in the U.S. and who sent you there. When I, when I went to Nigeria the first time, it was because I did a project in Singapore under the Singapore transformation. So when I came back, there was an event at the U.N., and I met um, the consul commercial of the Nigerian consulate in New York City. And he's saying to me, uh, well, you did all that for, for Asia. Why don't you do it for Africa? Why don't you do it for Nigeria? I said, well, because nobody ever asked me. He said, so if you ask me, if I ask you, you're going to come? I said, of course. So the following, the following uh, week, he told me to come to his office, and I, I brought two other guys from Trinidad with me. And we sat there, and he sent me to Nigeria, but he did not send me to Lagos. He sent me to Calabar, because he said, you Trinidadians are very, very 
militant. You're very Afrocentric. So I don't want to send you to a place that looks like New York. I want to send you to a place that looks like Trinidad. <laughs> so, so I never had challenges because I arrived and I met a very wonderful family, Chief Sonny Jackson Udo. I met with him, and he welcomed me. I knew what to carry. I carried gifts. I carried a, a cordless phone, a fax machine, and a big smile. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't difficult for me because they, they welcomed me with open arms. He had a massive carpet uh, manufacturing uh, factory, the Crown Carpet Factory, and I saw there something that no one in the West would have expected to have in Africa, a massive factory building some of the greatest carpets in the world, okay? So from there, I was able to be introduced to Africa. They took me to the slave port, where most of our ancestors, 37% of all the slaves that came to the New World came through the port of Calabar. So that's how I was able to be introduced to Africa in a way that I dreamt about, and that dream came true. Not to say that they would, they weren't challenges, but I went there to help to solve some of the challenges. So instead of looking at the challenges, as, instead of looking at the problems as something so insurmountable, it gave us the chance to create solutions, okay, that were able to be implemented to this day. We trained so many people there. A lot of them now, like my very good friend, Chief Ini uh, Obang Jackson, he was one of the original guys I worked with as the son of uh, my business partner, there, um, Chief Sonny Jackson Udo. So they're now all grown up and they have their own kids. And we, we, we continue going. That's, that's it. Well, you know, Len, I know I've worked with you on multiple mega projects in Nigeria, and we know that uh, it's important to get uh, our people out here to understand that uh, what, those yes. issues that looks like they're really, really big issues are not really those, that big because, first of all, right. it's, uh, it's how you're welcomed. I, I was yes. never welcomed when I landed here in America. As a matter of fact, I was, I was welcomed with the coldest night I've ever had in my life when I landed in New York in 1997. And uh, I did not prepare for what kind of cold I had. But luckily, Mr. Abolo, which you know very well, knew that uh, I was coming here for the first time and showed up at the airport with a very thick jacket. And before I could get myself to the car, I was on my ears and my, my fingers were almost falling off. I had a frostbite. So wow. that is wow. a very hostile reception to get into, into America. Meanwhile, in, in, in Africa, if you, get, if you get out of your plane in a jacket, I think the first thing you're sure going to do is to get the hell out of that jacket because you're going to feel like, <laughs> where, where did I just come from? What's hitting me? Is this real? Can anywhere be this warm? So apparently, we have a very hospitable background as Africans. I know that. Yeah. We open our doors to black people, especially if you say you're coming from the Western world and you are just interested in, in visiting Africa to see whatever you can do in Africa. I will keep my house open for you. Like the kind of program we have, which I have been talking to Davish, uh, to, 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 to Davish, Davish now, is that we're going to take a bunch of Americans, Caribbeans, Brazilian, Jamaican, whoever wants to go to Africa, we are working on a plan that we will be able to give you the kind of experience that will motivate you to get back to Africa faster than you even think. Because one thing I am very sure, the wealth of Africa is tied to a lot of diaspora population out here. 
$2 trillion economy of the black man outside Africa cannot just waste out here because look at what COVID has brought to us today. The COVID itself has redefined a whole lot of stuff. So whoever was sitting on the on the backside waiting for any any magic motivation should jump on the train right now because the next frontier for development, the next frontier for technology, uh, the owner of Twitter is relocating for to Africa to spend at least three months. Uh, Facebook is building fiber optics all around Africa. We don't know why, but I'm going to tell you that there's something that's fishing on there. Bill Gates has sunk in billions of his dollars in Africa, even though that's subject of a discussion today, if it's actually for good or bad. But So a whole lot is going on out there. Africa itself has its own limitation, which we all understand. Most of African countries are barely 50 years old in terms of seeing the white folks pack their bags and left us. They did not leave us in the best of condition. They did not leave us to the hands of the best of our people because they were looking for those that could continue their dominance. So for some strange reason, which is very obvious why they did what they did, they handed Africa not to the best of its people, but to some of the worst of its people that will play the game they played. So Africa has country a whole lot of evolution. But one thing you can be sure that if you walk the streets of an African nation like Nigeria in particular, or Ghana, which I know a lot too, you wouldn't have a clue whether you are in, 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 in the Bronx or any, you just feel like, okay, this is home for me. So that's what we're driving here. That's what we want to support us to do a whole lot more because until we're able to attract the African population back home to be part of the development process, then the integration is going to be, be a little bit slow or hiccuped, you know what I'm saying? So, but that having been said, I think we're very excited to have you here. Uh, the Galaxy Chief, I'm sure you're going to have something to say to Davishna and Lenny. Lenny is very deep in Africa, and Davishna has just proven to be one of the hardest women I've seen who took a bag on her own body flight into an African country, and she's doing so well. I'm sure you're going to have something to share with them or ask them. So you have the microphone, sir. Uh, yes, can you hear me okay? We're hearing you, sir. Okay, good. Um, yeah, my thing there is, you know, since, you know, we have been here in this country, you know, we are descendants of Africa. You know, Coco, we've had this discussion on many occasions. And so those of us here in this country, you know, we've definitely been seeking our identity, who we are, where we came from, and so forth. And I think that there needs to be an education for those of us who are the lost found in this country, not really knowing our name, our language, our culture. And it was a big gap where we could have come from, from Gambia going down to Cameroon. But a lot of us came probably from the Nigeria, Ghana region. And so one of the things I think that we need to know, even in prior to doing business with somebody, is one thing about negotiating business deals, you have to know who you're dealing with. I don't care if it's you from here and you're dealing with people in, in Europe or in Africa or wherever. It just needs to be an education and an understanding of the differences in the people 
and you know, we already know about the language and other words about the language, but the cultures and so that we can get to know, you know, love for the Africans to teach uh, those of us here in this country about the more the history of Africa and getting to know the people a little bit more, knowing the, the different tribes and the, the religions, the lifestyle, the, the food, whatever. And I think that we need to establish an equilibrium there and while we're structuring uh, these various business arrangements because uh, it's like Davisha was saying, the, the level of trust, you know, because, you know, they have to trust us and we have to trust them but that trust has to be earned. You're just not going to get it with a, with a handshake. It's gonna to have to be earned over a period of time. And in my visits to Nigeria, I, I love going to Nigeria. I love, I went there on business, but, but it was just a great thing. And, and, um, and I tell people all the time when I was there, you know, I know, I know what it felt like to be like a Michael Jordan or Steph Curry, or Michael Jackson, you know, for the time that I was there and the uh, the and the events that we put on when we were in Nigeria. But right now, I think that there needs to be uh, an education. There needs to be interaction, and I would love to use this Galaxy Network and uh, to have more people calling in from Nigeria and Ghana and to getting to know the people here and let's erase some of the misconceptions and that may be out there even from this side and from on that side. And so I think that, you know, Coco, we talked about how we got to reach across the pond and do that, that right. handshake. And mm -hmm. I think that we, we need to do that on a small basis. And it's a good thing here too on, uh, on our radio network, our talk show radio network, you don't have to have a telephone. You know, everything right. can be done online. And so as long as you have internet access, you don't have to worry about telephone charges calling long distance. And so we need to open that up. And I would just love to have more representation from this side and from that side. And so that we can go through Q&A sessions and so that we can learn more about the, um, the West Coast of Africa from where we were all brought here from, we're from that, that Western region of Africa. Thank you, my brother. You're listening to the One on One with King Coco show, the, the handshake across the Atlantic. We're having some very awesome panelists today. We have Ms. Uh, Johnson Davishna and uh, Mr. Uh, our, our monetization expert. Uh, Mr. Lenny Duncan, and we have Gerard Pereira on, 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 on the show too. And uh, we're looking forward to having everybody on this show. I want to encourage everybody to invite one person at all times to be part of this show because we want to continuously keep this handshake across the Atlantic available for our brothers to learn and ask questions and clarify issues that could have been why a lot of people did not make effort to visit Africa after 400 years. And uh, to be honest with you, I will put this blame on, on us Africans, first of all, because we had our brothers taken away 400 years ago. And uh, our earlier leadership did a whole lot, did a whole lot trying to help us, uh, to help us get these things going. 
but we did not follow up after that generation passed. So automatically, what it does is that we have a set of leadership that has that played the benefit of history because to even some extent, some schools were not even uh, teaching uh, history anymore. So the history of our people as it impacted the era of the slave trade and, and uh, the trend that has happened after that has not really been, been transferred to the next generation, which is why we have done all we can now to bring history back in Nigeria, because apparently, if you forget your history, chances are that you go make the same mistake again. So, uh, Galaxy Chief, I understand everything you said. We've been through this a couple of times. We've spoken about how we can collaborate much better. But I think that uh, with every passing day, with the challenges of COVID-19 and the need to seek alternative opportunities, we are likely going to see a lot more coming out of Africa in terms of available information. And I'm aware that we are working on a digital network because at the end of the day, we are the only people that don't have a radio or a television network. And if you don't control your media in any way, which is why we're able to talk today and without and able to find out stuff that we just found out about each other today and what uh, like Lady Davison is doing, then it's going to be extremely very difficult to be able to do anything. So, uh, Len, I'm sure you may want to throw in something about uh to to enlighten chief a little bit more on the possibilities of working with a, on a digital platform similar to what we're doing using right now yes you know just in terms of what uh galaxy chief was saying and and just um you know coordinate with what davishna was saying i have brought a lot of african americans to africa to nigeria to ethiopia to senegal to ghana over the years and what is, what is very important is the integrity of the, of the introduction, okay? I always found that Africa was not a place you go if you don't know anyone. And by knowing someone, it's not just knowing them, but friends become family and followers become home, okay? So in establishing a company, I never go to establish a company. I go to teach. I go to bring knowledge because it's assumed that because we're in the West, okay, we have a lot of knowledge. A lot of times it may translate that we have a lot of money. But remember, knowledge is money. So the way one has to do it in the past is to come as a group. So when we come from the West, the Americas, whether we are black Americans or Trinidadians or Brazilians or we are from any other part, like Mexico. Mexico has 1.3 million black people. We don't even talk to them. We don't even know who they are. They live in Veracruz. When we present ourselves as a group from the United States, from the Americas, we are seen as one people, okay? But it's when we, when we actually arrive there, then we behave differently. So I think with the Galaxy Chief and with Sister Davishna, who I always like listening to, the key is that we can combine ourselves as a group and go there and actually provide the one thing that Africa needs right now is knowledge, training, the transfer of technology, the transfer of market access. There's a big project that President Clinton had signed into, into law, the AGOA Agreement, the African Growth and Opportunity Act. And in fact, the headquarters for the AGOA Agreement in all of Africa is in Ghana. However, only about 1% of the people use it. 
it's available to, to African Americans to use. Secondly, it's the same contract that was signed with the Caribbean called the CBI, the Caribbean Basin Initiative. If one works in conjunction with these intergovernmental treaties, you'll find that you get promotion. You, get, you actually get promotion from the State Department, not that we have to depend on them, but I'm saying to you, every time you have an intergovernmental framework in place, you can, you can force them to live up by the tenants of that agreement and say, okay, we need access to certain markets, we need access to certain people within that market, please introduce us at the highest level because we are coming from the United States and we know there's an agreement that was signed almost 20 years ago to facilitate our presence there. We are not just there for the certain business. Black America has the best brand for America in the entire globe. Everywhere you go in the world, every single country in Africa knows some superstar, whether they be LeBron James, whether they be Michael Jackson from the past, whether they be anybody, Holly Berry, anybody in the, in the movie business. People already know who you are. The thing about it is that you cannot even go there without your strength. Your strength is that you have this huge country called United States of America behind you. Whether they deny you that here or not, you go there stated that there's an agreement that was signed that I represented agreement. So I demand to have access to all the markets and all the people that this agreement says. That's what I have to say about that part of it. In, in terms Thank of you, brother. Thank you, brother. Awesome guy. Awesome guy. Uh, you are listening to One on One with King Coco, a handshake across the Atlantic. Uh, this is a project that we have all agreed that it's time that someone has to do this. And we have taken it upon ourselves to stress ourselves, tax ourselves to ensure that we start this movement. It's always one or two that start a movement, uh, but uh, subsequently all others will get on board. We cannot keep pretending the ostrich waves, putting our head under, under our armpit and thinking stuff is not getting done. We are the most endangered species all over the world. We are being hound and, and, and oppressed anywhere you find a black man that doing one kind of crazy stuff on us because we don't defend a brand. We don't project our capacity. We don't collaborate with each other to show our strength. So we've created this platform as a platform to help us show that strength, work together, create our own economy, create our own communities, because we are sure that every other race is scheming to stay ahead. So we ain't going to be watching ourselves being dragged around as nobodies because we are all full. We, we, the world is looking up to us. They walk up everything we do, our culture, our heritage, our food, you know. The, who has food apart from Africans? We have some of the best food. So we are interested in bringing all this to our brothers here, we're sure that, not just that, we're even looking at marriages because I think it's time for us to get back to marrying each other so that we can really introduce that African thing back into most of our brothers because I have seen that the American family is, is so broken, the black American family is so broken for reasons that I'm sure that if we start getting back to appreciate culture and know how, we, how much we share in common, and now we'll gradually build back that family because that is the root of a whole lot of stuff that the, 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 the black Americans are having to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, we all agree that uh, more women are being empowered in this society against their men so that uh, they will probably go back home and, and, and ask the boss, which I don't think any man anywhere will want to be 
to play the, the opposite role that a woman would have played in our own context as African. So we are looking at all these opportunities to create this movement, create this platform, create this uh, uh, interaction so that we can get to meet our brothers. We can get to share more knowledge and know more about each other. Because if you make up a decision based on informed uh, position, then automatically you go make the right decision at all times. So we in Africa need our brothers back. And right now, our brothers need an alternative place they can call home. Because uh, America, after 400 years of exploiting us, is still not treating us the way we should be treated here. But it's not going to be given to us for free. That's one thing I can tell anyone who cares to listen. We must go take it. And we cannot take it as a scattered bunch. We can only take it as one bunch. So when they see you come, you know, that's a train on coming down the road and nobody's going to be able to stop it. So thank you very much, Devishna. Uh, I appreciate you. If you have some time, I appreciate you to stay on the show and uh, continue uh, contributing as we move into another subject of very high importance. I might just want to throw this in a little bit. Uh, sometime last week or week or two weeks ago, a small country of 27 million people out of Africa came up with a, with a, a vaccine a solution to, to, to COVID-19 that they have been using. And, and the numbers in terms of the fatalities of COVID from that country is almost at zero. And they had now tried to push this across to World Bank, to World Health Organization, that has vehemently, deliberately refused to acknowledge that product as a tool that could help in, in the COVID-19 situation because the, the, the establishment, let me use that word, the establishment, which is the World Bank, the, 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 the big digital entrepreneurs, and the massive uh, vaccine companies who are struggling to be the one that will introduce the vaccine, are uh, all struggling to be the people who has the name behind the vaccine, which is a billion dollar worth of industry to solve COVID-19. But here is Madagascar, but I was curious enough to say, okay, what's the component, what's the content of this, of this uh, uh, Madagascar COVID-19 solution? And apparently, it's the same thing that we've all been using in Africa. It's the same nymph leaf called Dogon Yaro. It's the same lemon, it's the same lemongrass. Almost all the component is something you can pick anywhere in Africa. And this is the same thing that is the active ingredient, quinine, in chloroquine. So the likelihood of the fact is that that product could mitigate against coronavirus strongly because if you look at the numbers of infection and the numbers of fatality and the numbers that are healed in africa i'm sure they were predicting 10 million people to die like flies in the streets of africa but that's not the case we have barely 5,000 infection in nigeria even though there's an argument about the number of people tested but they're not dropping like flies i don't think we've, we've seen 50,000 people die, that would make a headline anywhere in the world. So Madagascar, after World Bank had deliberately tried to play down on their discovery, which is going to impact the economy strongly, because if they agree that what they have discovered can help in managing and mitigating against COVID-19, that's a major revenue to that country. But World Bank deliberately refused to even make a move as appreciate what they've done. And Madagascar has gone ahead to get out of the World Health Organization, sorry, the World Health Organization. And now 
Trump himself had withdrawn funding for World Health Organization. So you can see that uh, this COVID situation has not opened up yet in the really intricate underlying factors, which is not a subject for today's discussion. So we'll leave it at that. So the African countries have gone ahead to order all the Madagascar produce. So right now, the African countries are really using, using what they've produced for COVID-19, which is not making no negative news. Right now, everybody seems to be fine doing what they're doing, but we're still waiting to hear what comes out of that particular opportunity. But we hope and pray that uh, that whatever they've discovered will have that strong impact on COVID-19. So thank you very much on that aspect of it. But as a show was designed to not just talk about problems of Africa, our show was designed to highlight solutions to the issues that has plagued Africa. Our show was designed to bring us together so we can contribute that knowledge that we still need to be able to step ahead in Africa and equally people of African descent here in America and the Caribbean. So let us move into that aspect of a show, which is always exciting for me. But like I always say, you can listen, you can learn, but what you do with it is what really makes it meaningful to us because we want to see the people of African descent taking their rightful place. We were the first architects. We were the first engineers. We created the, 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 the pyramid of, of Gazelle. We had the first university in the whole world in Timbuktu. So how come all of a sudden we, we are not taking the back seat? So that's why we're talking today. That's why we want to make all of us contribute on this subject matter. And we want us to be able to get people on board to download this content and share it and appreciate the fact that a whole new stuff is happening. The world has changed forever. We're looking at a whole new normal. Uh, opportunities have gone. A whole new ones have been created by COVID-19. We were looking at the kind of technology that will happen in three years, but the demand for that technology has all of a sudden happened right here. So we're here to talk about one of the strongest aspects of the black race, which is the creative economy. Our creative economy, creative economy includes uh, from football to, to, to music, to fashion, to faith, to, 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 to sport, to virtually everything that we have a strength on. We want to emphasize how can Africans, African people of African descent, explore the potential of the creative economy even look at facebook look at youtube if you take away the content from the black folks be it the one we're punching each other to the one we're being making you laugh to crack your rib you will appreciate the fact that when it comes to creativity we have it they love our culture they bind to our culture but they hate us uh mr duncan can you help me out right here where do we start to educate our people on how to explore our potential in the creative industry? Well, we are the creative industry. You see what I'm saying? Uh, if, if you identify with the core of the existence of the African race, okay, the fact that we were able to survive through a terrible slavery is because of our creativity. The fact that we were the first ones across the Atlantic to get to Mexico, and they get to places like Guyana and Brazil before Columbus got lost and ended up in, in Hispanolia, which is now the Dominican Republic. We had already crossed. Timbuktu was mathematics, but mathematics was first creativity. It wasn't mathematics the way the Greeks, the Greeks developed it. So first we have to recognize 
what creativity is and what is and what is not. Mathematics is creativity. Science is creativity. Science is just the knowledge of creativity. Okay? So if we start off from that point, if we teach a young black child that mathematics he has a certain affinity to something he can champion. But bringing it forward 10,000 years to today, if you understand what's going on right now, the music industry in the United States that is run by black America is the most valuable commodity in the entire world. And the reason why I'm saying that is for us to understand that it's not what you pay for music. Is what the music can sell. You have music that sells Mercedes Benz. You have music that sells real estate. Real estate is a two hundred and seventeen trillion dollar business. Okay, the automobile industry six trillion dollar business. We have to repurpose our music instead of just having having it to be listened on radio. Use that music to sell products, and there are so many products that need to be sold. That music will help to facilitate that sale. Look at the other aspect of it. Photography. Every single image on Facebook, some camera took that image. We all know about our celebrity photographer, Ronnie Wright. Ronnie Wright, you always hear me talking about Ronnie Wright. Him and I. Yeah, 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 Ronnie, yeah. Right, celebrity photographer, Ronnie Wright. We worked together in New York City for over 25 years. From when Usher first came to New York City, his, his uh, front cover, his magazine cover, and so on and so forth. All of these images, from then to BET behind the scenes, 15 years of BET behind the scenes, he has one of the largest libraries of images. That's creative economy. I'm going to invite him to come to the show maybe in the next couple of weeks so he can explain what his role means. So without the photographer, the music, nobody gets to see who the musicians are. Okay? Now look at Africa. Look at Nigeria. The largest body of music right now in the world that is monetizable is Afrobeat. And Afrobeat started since in the days of Salah. What happened when they brought Salah to Broadway? When Jay-Z and I think Will Smith invested in that uh, off-Broadway show that became on-Broadway? Well, they sold that show. Well, they sold that show, bro. Yes. But that show made $110 million in one year. One of the most successful shows ever. Okay? Well, how many more shows are there like that that we could get from Trinidad? We have people from from Jamaica. Look at the Bob Marley, uh, um, the whole Bob Marley legacy, okay? That's not on Broadway. That's the creative economy. How then do you market and monetize the creative economy? The creative economy has four steps. The making of the product, which is the mix phase, the management of what you make, okay, which is the management phase, the marketing, and the monetization. We are very, very good at making, okay? We are very, very mediocre at management. We are very poor at marketing, and we get no monetization. So if we work in the reverse, as we do now, where you first start with the monetization, okay? And the monetization says, it's not what you sell the product for, it's what the product can sell, okay? So by establishing the market that Nigeria and the rest of the, the African continent has just done, the African Free Trade agreement the afcta and again the headquarters for that again is in ghana but the heartbeat of the afcta is in nigeria 200 million people 
125 million internet connections, which is part of Africa's 510 million connections. The reason why I'm saying that, the value of any economy today is measured by your digital connectivity, which is called a digital dividend, and the number of consumers you have. In Africa's case, the demographic dividend is the number of consumers, which is 1.3 billion people. Okay? The digital connectivity is considered your digital dividend, which is one, in, in Africa's case, is 550 million connections. Okay? That's the value of the creative economy in Africa. It's also the value of the creative economy in the black world in terms of us getting together with Black America, which is 50 million people, with Brazil, which is 108 million people, and of course the Caribbean, which is about 400 million, sorry, 40 million Afro-Americans, Afro-Caribbean rather, and if, uh, of course the 108 million Afro-Brazilian. That is one huge market, and that market is not owned by anyone but us. The thing about it is this. The biggest and most recognizable brand in the creative economy in the world today is black America. That's for sure. There's no argument about that. The thing is, black Americans have to realize one simple thing. When you have it, you flaunt it. In other words, you hold on to it and say it's yours. But when you do all these deals with a lot of these record companies, they take your intellectual property and they give you a certain figure. Okay? Your music is played, but then you get it trickling from ASCAP and BMI and CESAC and PRS in England and so on and so forth. That is minuscule in terms of what you can get by repurposing that music to sell other products. We have to create our own supply chain. If you look at Black America, two, $2 trillion in, uh, in spending power is worth more than the GDP of Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, and the UAE together. Yet when we hear about Saudi Arabia, we think they're so wealthy. We think, wow, look at those people. But guess what? Black America combined with the Caribbean, combined with Brazil, Afro-Brazilians, we have more spending power than all of the Middle East, than most of the European countries like Sweden and, uh, and Switzerland and Germany, the big bad Germany. Okay, our collective spending power, which we have to look at now as our collective investment power. Spending power means that you're giving money to your, to, to your, to your, to your, yeah. your supply chain without, without asking anything back. Investment power is when you own the supply <coughs> chain and you can provide the same goods and services that the African-American community needs right now. And the vision was saying something earlier on about now is the best opportunity because of COVID to do certain things in Africa. Well, guess what? It's the best opportunity to do things right here as well in the United States because without the supply chain, the African-American communities become what you call food deserts. And food deserts is known in the United Nations as a place where the people who consume food do not produce the food. In the post-COVID environment, okay, and we don't have to wait until post-COVID. I don't like post and pre and, and all these things. We can do it now. If you look at what you guys do in, in Nigeria, I always use Nigeria as an example because I spent a lot of time there and I've been able to see what you do. The aquaculture industry, where you grow your own tilapia and you grow your own, uh, your, your own catfish, 
That's protein. That could be done in any black American neighborhood where you provide your own fish, your fish meal, where you mine your own chickens, where you could do aquaponics and, and hydroponics. The key is when you have a product produced within your own community, you have to have a monetization platform upon which you can sell to your own consumers in your own neighborhood. It has to start from the community level, King Coco. Whoa. I'll just stop there to give you a yeah. Yes, yes. You see, I, can, I, can, I, I love to listen to you, you know. Even though we're on a radio show, I can listen to you all day and forget my role. Uh, the Galaxy Chief, you know, you're my, always my main man on this platform because you bring it down the way nobody else does. How can we motivate our brothers in the diaspora to share their creative potential with the African continent. Now, Africa is coming strong. Afrobeat is like everywhere. Nollywood is jamming all over the Caribbean. They're all looking for that. Netflix just threw 40 million, uh, how much 40 million naira or something on, on, on one person and the other one about 100 million and two different artists in, in Nigeria. So how can we bring our brothers from this continent i'm going I, I, I wish i had a good connection with with with, uh, with gerard because he was supposed to give me the tnt perspective on calypso and uh, and uh, music so how can we get our brothers to understand the fact that we can do more shows i know the shows no african american artist has come to nigeria and not have a sold out show rihanna was discovered in nigeria as a backup for jay-z I don't know if you guys know that because we will we will take you and make you the celebrity you are. We have the numbers. So how can we improve this relationship, my brother? All it takes is money. It's real simple. I can I can guarantee you that because we can reach out and touch about any artist that we want to, as long as we can back our words up uh, with with the necessary monies in order to do it. And, and I also support everything that um, Lenny is saying. And he's talking about us getting our act together here and building up our base, and such as like what we're doing here at T25CL Entertainment. And it's our, our platform is the platform for independent artists and, and music artists and the filmmakers. We can do it here and we can do it abroad. But it's one thing we've talked about on our shows too, when we do get artists on. It's one thing, man, our artists, you know, that are from here, people know them. They go out, see them, they might see them walking down the street, might see them in a restaurant. But if we go abroad, it's just like the old jazz musicians used to go to Paris all the time and play, like Freddie Hubbard, Herbie Hancock, and, and Dizzy Gillespie, all those guys. But right now, I, I know that if we go to Nigeria and Ghana with our artists here, I think that they would be more received over there than over here. It's like what Lenny said, they already know who we are before we even uh, get there. And I think it, it would be a, a good thing, just like our show, United We Stand, that we shot in, in LA and made a motion picture out of it. You know, we did it on an 80 foot stage, but that show can be done anywhere in the world, South America, Africa, Europe, 
and it will be very well received. And we can put on a much bigger and better show. One of the next shows that we want to do is uh, uh, Latin jazz with a taste of soul. And come, uh, he had mentioned Afrobeat. I love that music. And uh, we want to do something similar to that as well with the Latin, Latin artists, with a jazz or a B artist or hip hop artist and do a, a combined uh, show on the stage. And so we can do it. And it, the, the, just a simple, straightforward, low down answer to your question is economics. It takes the investment capital to do something like that. And also what we need to do is when we do shows like this, we can't depend on one avenue for revenue, like ticket sales. Uh, like Lenny was saying, throughout the in, entire continent of Africa, 1.3 uh, billion people and maybe excess of 100 million people that are already wired up right now. And so if you do a show in Accra, Ghana, if you do a show in Lagos or Abuja or Accra, you can, that show should be able to be seen anywhere in the continent or, or and or the world. Don't depend on selling just tickets at the gate. We, we can have our cameras there, we can have our artists there, and just do it, and then they can be shown everywhere. So we have to be creative in what we do. We have the artists, we got the production teams, we have everything it takes to make it happen. We just need the investment capital, we need the Africans to want us to come there, uh, to provide the hotels, the, the, the airlines, and so uh, sponsorships to make it happen. And all we got to do is just make it do what it do, man. It's no problem. It's no real mystery. Chief, Chief, Chief. Uh, uh, want to throw something in there? Yeah, I, would, I just want to say both, both, of, both of these gentlemen are correct, but for what was just said, I think that's my whole point of the focus that I have on doing business in Africa and the opportunity that we have right now for COVID-19 is that it costs money to do all of these things that we're talking about. So instead of going to ask the white boy that runs the record label and owns us after, like Lenny was saying, and all of our intellectual property, the opportunity to make money in the right now and this current environment on content is where my focus is and where I think a lot of us are um, not paying attention to the global marketplace in and of itself. Because like, like Lenny said, there's, there's Africans everywhere. I know there's Nigerians everywhere. You can't go anywhere on the planet without running into a Nigerian. I know that for a fact. So the amount of black people that we have and the opportunity to, you know, our culture is for sale, basically. And why not get monetize it ourselves and use some in America, because at the end of the day, the general public, no matter how strong we, we all have feelings in ourselves about black people and how we do business or how we should do this and should do that, the general public that Lenny's talking about that's being sold, our culture for everywhere in the world, we need to be able to monetize that, like he said, ourselves. But in order to monetize that, we need money to do that. And I think the opportunity right now for us to utilize our knowledge, technology, the internet, the amount of people that live in Lagos that are that are on the internet right now and shows like this to unify ourselves and pushing out our projects, our messages, 
so that we can have our own, which is why I said earlier about Bumalink, it's an opportunity for have our own network. We need to share, share and utilize our own resources. Um, and that's why I came up with the newest initiative that I have called hashtag Be My Bay. It's a campaign to give PPE to black businesses for free. So for marketing, because I know some things about marketing and branding, having a company that does that for elected officials and candidates all over the world is that we, we can sell just about anything to the American public and they'll buy it, including the American government. There's so many programs of free grant money, to Lenny's point, with agribusiness for minority communities right now coming from the USDA. They're giving away billions of dollars just to feed people. The same thing that we do right now. So there's there's a multitude of opportunities for free money right now during COVID-19. There's a multitude of opportunities to get into the international marketplace if you were not before. Because I, I've been on conference calls with vice presidents of African countries because they're sitting at home. People are a lot more um, reachable now. People are a lot more, a, a lot more um, on top of their business. Conference calls everywhere and all that. So now is an opportunity for black folks to... Um, utilize the networks that we have and go make some money, establish ourselves in a global marketplace, and then be able to come back and utilize that money here in the United States to do all these things that these gentlemen are talking about. Awesome. Awesome. You are listening to One on One with King Coco Show. Uh, it's a platform that is designed to help people of African color collaborate, communicate, and learn to work with each other and equally help us uh, answer some questions and clear some issues that could have been uh, reasons why we couldn't collaborate or work together before now. We're looking forward to a much more healthy relationships. We encourage everybody who is on the show, uh, whether on the Facebook, uh, Facebook Live, on our regular streaming side, or on this uh, radio platform to be able to appreciate the fact that we need to bring people together. We need to share this information with a lot more people. Uh, I would have really wanted to hear from my brother from in, in Trinidad and Tobago, but at any time I tried to on or put him online, uh, the static is so much that it distorts the entire conversation. My brother, Kweku, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, brother. I've said you had taken all of this in. Uh, uh, and, you know, I'm agreeing with everything that you guys are saying. We absolutely have to find a way to to energize our people and re-educate our people about how the, the importance of us coming together and supporting each other, buying from each other. And so, you know, one of the things I do on a personal level here, that anything that I need, that if a black person in the area sells it or makes it, I go directly to them. We have to teach people to do that. Uh, our people are so used to go run into these bargains or run into these places where they can get credit and all this kind of stuff, and they just do not want to put their effort in. That means a total re-education about economics, a re-education about who we are as a people, and a re-education about uh, a national, your national identity, because we don't put our money where our mouth is. We walk around and we say we're black and black power and all these different things. And whenever, every now and then when somebody gets killed, we march. But we don't put the energy into building and rebuilding our nation. So, uh, you know, I don't have a lot to say to you guys, you guys, because you guys are much more advanced in economics than I am. My thing is, 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 is social politics. It's also about uh, spirituality because these things have to change. Once we can get people to, to open their mind up to the fact that Africa is not some desolate place over there, wasteland, 
that it is our homeland and we need to be trying to get back to it. So uh, thank you again, Coco. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you too. Uh, I, I look forward to uh, Mr. Kweku uh, runs a show on uh, Galaxy Talk Radio. Uh, I, I will have him uh, probably to, uh, throw his show time and date because we need to collaborate with each other. We need to show up for each other. Sometimes it's just about showing up at the table. If you show up at the table, you will get your entitlement. But if you don't show up, my brother, nobody's going to come look for you anywhere to give you whatever is yours. They'll take it away. So we're not going to stop this till we get results. We get people to start working together as much as we can. I have another hand up here. Please just say your name and uh, just let us share your opinion on this perspective that we're talking about. Oh, good evening, King Coco. This is Gerard from Trinidad. How are you doing? Whoa, much better, my brother. I've been looking for you like crazy, man. Good to have you back on yeah, the Clear man. Connection, man. Go ahead, man. What's hey, up? What's TNT, expecting, what's TNT expecting from the African brothers? Let me just take you back a little bit because that's the question I wanted to ask you before I couldn't get you on the Clear Connection. What is the Caribbean's? I know you guys are very Afrocentric, very passionate on how we can get back to working together. You guys all came directly from Africa across the Atlantic, and uh, you are still the, the set of black folks globally that has retained more of the African uh, culture, food, dressing, you know, even the attitude. So what is the Caribbeans expecting the Africans to do to encourage them to reach out and have this handshake across the Atlantic. Wow, indeed. You know, it's been quite a while, and again, thank you for having me on the show all the way from Trinidad and Tobago. We in the Caribbean certainly wants to know where we are, who we are, you know, and that is basically what we need to do. We need to connect been quite a while since we connect our African brothers. In fact, the European powers that have been a post-colonial mm-hmm. situation where we cannot, we cannot do anything with each other because of how we have seen ourselves. We, in fact, I think the Caribbean people are the most rejected persons of ourselves. We reject each other so badly that we can't do anything. But in saying that, the connection that we have had with each other spiritually you know, that connection you've asked. And I was listening to the show earlier on when you were speaking about the Calypso and the creative economy with Professor Lenny Duncan, my mentor, who has trained me very well and has been here for quite a while training me and teaching me a lot, you know, about the digital connection. So what we need to really do is open that digital connection. You know, we have been so far apart from each other. I mean, the, the, the traveling time from Africa direct. Trinidad and Tobago, Nigeria, Trinidad and Tobago is it's shorter than from us going from here to the United States or to China. So we just need to connect to each other. Really, that's what we need to do. Connect to each other and to become closer to each other, to understand each other. So that's it, my brother. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Gerard, man, thank you for just having that connection back. That was pretty very much clear. We're running uh, out of time, but uh, we just we can push the show a little bit because the subject of discussion here is not exhausted, and uh, we have the Galaxy Chief here who can give us the liberty to to buy into uh, some extra time. Uh, Mr. Duncan, you mentioned make market manage make manage market and monetize. I know you have been able to. 
to discuss to develop a technology that is like uh, for those that understand it i don't know what to say but for me i think that uh what you have there if we can get africa to be the pioneer driving this then the that word monetization which is very much the main constant behind anything you do it's something that could now make us push us to the to the front tell us a little bit about how we can turn music to not just music can sell but uh, what not what music sells for but what music can sell well you know king coco you know i don't like to talk too much about myself and all that as you know but i'll tell you one thing um my background is technology marketing and wall street okay i came from ibm i work for all these companies like bell labs and so on at the end of the day it's about creativity all these fancy titles and all these technologies that people talk about, don't let it intimidate you. It's very, very simple. You either know it or you don't. If you do know it, it's your responsibility to share it with your people, to empower your people. Because the whole process of empowerment, the number one step is entertainment. Number two is engagement. Number three is excitement. If you don't excite people, you can't educate them. Okay? And once you, you can educate them, you can empower them. So I'll tell you one thing about what I heard from uh, Galaxy Chief, Davishna, Gerald, and I think uh, Kweko, okay? Yeah. They were all in point. But here's the thing. The fact that they were all in point and they don't have to agree with each other and everything shows exactly who we are. We are a mosaic. A mosaic has more power than a monolith. Than a monolith. If we were a monolith, then we'd be just with one big hard rock. You know that Zuma rock? Right in the middle yeah. of Abuja, the Zuma? Okay? That's one of the greatest monoliths in the world. We don't want to be that. We want to be a mosaic, so Davishna may have her strong points we can use. She has a tremendous knowledge in, in what she does. Galaxy Chief, very good at media, and not just good at media, but sports, some of the entertainment industry, we can use that. But a quick one, I just heard him for the first time, and he said he's into the social aspect of it. What we need that is social economics, not economics. Social economics is more powerful than economics. We need him. Gerard. One of, the, one of the brightest gentlemen I've ever met in Trinidad and Tobago. He learns very fast. He wouldn't even tell you, but he was able to geocode all the oil and gas platforms of Trinidad and Tobago. I taught him how to do that. So, and I taught him how to do that because of Nigeria, because Nigeria has so much oil. We, not, we, not, we haven't talked about the, the financing of it. And, and one of the points that the vision was raised, okay, we have to find money to do it. Well, there's a lot of money to do it. The question is, are you providing a product or are you providing a service? If you provide a service, you don't have to worry about the export of that service through physical custom borders, which is where we run into the problem, okay? To get a product from Atlanta to Nigeria, if it's a physical product, you have to use the Port of Savannah or you have to fly it by plane. But if you want to get music, from Bankhead right into Surulari. You just transmit it over the undersea cables or over the satellite. That's an export. It's called the export of services. So in keeping with the strategy to make money now, what we do, we focus on the export of services. Export of services, we sign an agreement, all of us, meaning all the African countries, the United States, 
on all the Caribbean countries. We signed an agreement in 1995 called the WTO GATS Agreement, General Agreement of Trade and Services. All the music that's produced by Black America is an export of service. All the movies that are produced by Hollywood, whether it be Hollywood in California or Black Hollywood in, in um, Atlanta, is an export of service. The problem is we give that service to MTV for the music business, okay? And we give it to all these uh, Netflix and all these other uh, stations over the top to export our services. So when they export our services, whereas we can do it directly, they receive the money first and they decide what it is you're worth because if you don't know how to export your own services, you're going to pay them the unknown factor of what we call ignorance. Ignorance has the <laughs> largest tax in the entire world. And they love taxing our ignorance. So what I do is make you aware of what your power is. Your power is that you could distribute a service directly. 79% of all the money that is generated in the United States are from services. America is a service-oriented country because it gave up all of its manufacturing, not all, but most of its manufacturing to the Asian group. That's why China is so powerful today, because things that we used to make right there in Bethlehem Steel, right there in Michigan, right there in, in L.A., and Atlanta, and North Carolina and South Carolina is now being made by China using the raw material of Africa. You see what I'm saying? So it is really, really important for us to understand the modus operandi, how the World Trade Organization works. It's not a long story. It's a very simple story. You have two things. You have products and you have services. Black America uh, is, was, will be, shall ever be the king of services. Because at the end of the day, well, kings and queens, I should say, <laughs> at the end of the day, if we look at Carnival, which comes from Trinidad, we export that service to 281 countries around the world, 281 cities rather, okay? But we don't receive anything in return in terms of those services. The same thing with black America. You export hip hop, you export jazz, you know? Galaxy Chief was talking about jazz in Paris many years ago when we used to go there and so on. He's correct. The movement of people that play jazz music in Paris is also an export of services. It's called the movement of people, the movement of the natural person. I think if we understand the four modes of export of services, we have 79% of the GDP of the United States. That's how the United States makes money. The other aspect of it, Tim Coco, is teaching. I think one of the most important aspects of going to Africa is the knowledge we can bring to them and the knowledge that they can provide to us. It's never a one-way street. I learned more about my life in the years I went to Africa than being in the United States, okay? Uh, that, that's, that's for sure. So what do you find in Africa that, that is very good? It's understanding the core of African wealth. The core of African wealth, apart from the oil and gas, are its people. The people of Africa now creates what you call the demographic dividend. Every single consumer-oriented company, like Facebook, like Twitter, like, like uh, YouTube. Microsoft, yeah. Microsoft has to depend on a demographic dividend. These companies do not export physical products. So how are they making so much money? They're making that money because of the 1.3 billion people in Africa, the 100 million Afro-Brazilians. 
the 40 million Afro-Caribbean people, okay, and their friends and their family and their faith. We play in the KFF. Friends, fans, family, faith, fellows, females, fashion, and finance. We have to know what it is, King Coco. It's a formula. And if we, if we can apply that formula, we have the greatest dividend among ourselves. Two billion people who everybody is afraid of. They're afraid that we'd finally figure it out. So what we're doing now, thank God for your show, King Coco. Thank God for the Galaxy Chief. Thank God for the Vishner and guys like Gerard and, 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 and the other gentleman that came on, okay? We are finally figuring it out. We always knew what to do, but we were afraid of each other, okay? And that's a fact, yeah. okay? There's yeah. absolutely nothing to lose by being open, okay? Let's do it, Coco. Well, we're there's, there's just, let, me, let me just ask that. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Jordan, go ahead. Let me just say to that fact, there's too much money around the world. There's too much money. There's more than enough money. We just print, America just printed a bunch of money. There's plenty of money <laughs> when we collaborate and go get it. That's all. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, that was the uh, Ms. Davishna. Thank you guys. Uh, Lenny, I appreciate that. I'm gonna come right back to you. Uh, because about I saw a hand up here by uh, from Gerard. Gerard, you wanna say something? Certainly, you know earlier on you, you said that I was supposed to tell you about Shoka and Calypso, and you know the origins of Calypso really came all the way back from Africa. Kaiso. It was known as the poor man's newspaper, you know? Because, you know, okay. slaves were forbidden to speak to each other. So that's how they, they would have done it. And today, Calypso has evolved from Calypso to Soka. You understand? And so other different genres. And that has been taken the world by some. I know most of the people in the world would have known the mighty Sparrow or the mm. Lord Kitchener. You know, those are the people that took it to the forefront. And that's what's happening with the Caribbean. So... You know, going back to the creative economy, with what Professor Duncan was speaking about, it is what we have naturally in our soul, in our body, in our spirit, that we can utilize to do what we need to do to control this world. And that's, that's exactly what it is. So that's what I wanted to share with you. Awesome. Awesome. You're still listening to One on One with King Coco Show, uh, the handshake across the Atlantic. Uh, we're running on www t25cl.com galaxy talk radio check out the shows we have seven shows every day there's always a show on our platform we are a streaming platform as well as a platform where artists could actually host their music and their movies and uh, we get people to download and buy this music from our platform so support our platform in any little way you can because that's how we're able to keep this line open all day and all week to be able to share and sensitize our people on the need to further collaborate much better. We are not going to stop the final result, like Lenny has just said. You see, we have to put on a thinking cap. Uh, the leadership in Africa, in America, needs to embrace people that have the knowledge that could help us uh, develop the potential that is a missing link to creating our own wealth, creating our own economy creating our own even digital economy or digital currency. These are all possibilities because everybody else is planning uh, what to do, how to take advantage of the emerging opportunity. And we're all aware that technology is about the winner of this COVID situation because 
uh, COVID situation because every other aspect of our economy almost shut down and depended on technology to continue providing the services they used to provide. So, and we are very privileged to, to know that we have some technology that we need to tap into. We need to find out which technology is the emerging new technologies that are coming out. How can we now let our people understand? And Dr. Lenny did speak about training. I do a lot of training and I will confide in you, my brother. Africa needs so much training. And I, I became virtually the, the face of advocacy for digital transformation. And I thank God because uh, the COVID-19 situation has further accelerated the awareness that I was driving, begging people to even listen. And today I can tell you that uh, most of those people are now calling me, trying to tap into the knowledge on how we can navigate the situation because they're not acknowledge the importance of technology. You know, so uh, I want to thank everybody. We cannot run the show endlessly. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, normally I set up for one hour, 30 minutes and that has just blown past us. Uh, so I want to express my sincere appreciation to Dr. Lenny Duncan in New York, uh, Davishna in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Gerard, uh, they're calling from Trinidad and Tobago. Quaku uh, is in uh, Oakland, California, as well as the Galaxy Chief itself. And on the whole, this is my name is Atai Akwan, the King Coco show host. And I thank God for creating this opportunity for us to, to share with each other. I want us to probably put this as part of a program of educating and sharing knowledge of what we have, what we're doing with each other and equally encouraging each other and most importantly being sincere with each other so we can actually develop the trust that we need to run as a team and uh, my, my people there's a proverb in my local parlance that says that uh, a broom can never be broken by anybody as long as it stays in the park but take those brooms out in leaves in different in, in, in sticks you can crack them up into pieces so let us build a broom that will drive the energy towards educating our people and repositioning itself. If you have any information you think anybody might need, please put it on the chat forum. Uh, this uh, show is, uh, is, is recorded and is downloaded by millions of people that goes into the talk show platform. So once again, I want to extend my sincere appreciation to everyone. We might not have been able to touch on everything, but God willing, and giving us live same time next week sunday 5 p.m new york time 2 p.m uh, californian time and 10 p.m nigerian time we're going to host this show anywhere i go as long as we have internet connectivity we'll keep the show running so i thank you guys for giving me the honor to be part of this discussion and i will call on you as often as i can let us keep sharing this knowledge let us share and communicate with each other because two heads are better than one. Thank you and have a wonderful evening and an awesome week ahead of you guys. Yeah, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you, King Coco. Thank you, guys. Thank you, King Coco. Good job. Thank you, Davishna. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.